everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half-Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, oh, I should have done my math. 430 miles southeast of me is none other than Mr. Kip Fisher. And we are coming to you live for the 182nd time this 20th day of July, 2018. Mr. Fisher, how the heck are you? I'm pretty good, I reckon. Barking by Stoneman. What was that? As far as anybody has told me. Mm. I couldn't hear through your thick uh, southern accent. <laughs> I don't know. You're, I think you just want to hear that. I don't think oh, it's any different. Come on. Go back through this recording and just listen to that. I think you just want to hear that. <laughs> it does not sound like that. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that, but your want definitely did sound like that. Uh, how are you? You uh, you are not 1,850 miles southeast of me any longer, so where are you? I'm not. I am in East Tennessee tonight. We have been stateside for, I guess, three weeks now. We made it into Florida, saw our friends and cohorts there, up to Tennessee, and then made a three-day jaunt into Virginia to uh, speak at a church up there and visit uh, Christy's brother and her, his family live up there in Richmond. And then I actually had the opportunity to visit John Craig, who oh. we have known in the past as Cigar Man for Life, which was really cool to kind of hang out with him in person. He works in the Pentagon, actually, and gave us a tour of the Pentagon that was awesome. We, my whole family loved it. Wow, that's pretty wicked. Yeah, it, it was really cool for, for many reasons. I mean, the the scale of the place had never registered with me how freaking huge Pentagon is. And apparently there are 25,000 people working there. And it, it, it was amazing. Holy crap. I, I had thought I heard at some point in my life that it was the second largest interior, uh, second largest, like built out square footage of any building yeah. in the country. I I believe it. I mean, there are five floors above ground that are known and all kinds of rumor and speculation about what's under the ground there. <laughs> well, I I uh, I would guess that all the floors above ground are known, but yeah, you, you can count windows for that. <laughs> uh and, you know, and it's not very difficult to even do that counting. I bet I could do it. Yeah, from the street. You never know. Hey, so uh uh, upon further review, we are 570 miles southeast. You are 570 uh, miles southeast of me. So there you go. Cool. And for some odd reason, Knoxville Private Investigator is the third thing that pulls up when you <laughs> search on Google Maps. So I got nothing. I, I don't know why that would be on my work computer's uh, cookie cache, but interesting. Hmm, wonder who else was using this computer. Anyways, you are in Tennessee. I am in Chicago. We have both recently traveled. Uh, you sound incredibly laid back. I sound incredibly stuffy. And we are the only thing we got uh, similar tonight is a cigar of the week. I think. Yeah, well, I was going to ask how your travels went. Um, nice. It's, it's nice to see my folks, um, with absolute, all due respect. One of the best things for our relationship was living a thousand miles apart from each other. 
because <laughs> whenever we see each other or spend time with each other, it's it's valued. It's kept in perspective how lucky we all are to have our whole family. And oh. uh, uh, that's always nice and it's always realized. That said, um, my mother and I are similar people. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's always difficult to spend time with someone who's similar to you because you only see the bad parts of yourself that you don't want to see on a regular basis. Uh, and uh, every time I go out there, my folks um, take advantage of the fact that I've got some knowledge of the building industry. So this time we had to re-roof their house and uh, somehow cut down a, a 20 foot cedar tree that was two feet away from their house. And so lots of, lots of fun, cool household things we had to get done, but I need a vacation for my vacation. Yeah. That's how we always feel by the time we get back to the States. It's, it's fun, but I end up being really tired and putting on about 10 or 12 pounds in this month. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good month at least. Holy crap. I mean, I, it's like, oh, I can't get this down there. I better eat it, and I better eat a lot of it. <laughs> you do that for every meal of the day for for you know, weeks on end. It tends to add up. Yeah, I, uh, uh, Ellie and I had not really been eating desserts for a month or so before we went to Colorado, and it wasn't really uh, trying to lose weight thing. It was more just. Um, kind of the realization that that's often something that we do. I'll stay up until midnight. We eat dinner at six o'clock. Inevitably by 10, we're eating something we shouldn't be eating, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had both said, Oh, when we get to Colorado, uh, we'll have some dessert. We won't, we won't restrain ourselves anymore. It's vacation. So one five pound bag of caramel corn later, (laughs) five pounds. pounds, Okay. (laughs) Imagine how big a five-pound bag of caramel corn it was. It takes a lot of popcorn to be five pounds. Five pounds of caramel corn. Uh, now, granted, there were 12 people. No, 10 people in my parents' house. But that's a lot of caramel corn to go through in a week. So, <laughs> anyways, it, uh, it was kind of funny. But we're back uh i am the last of my family to be uh trailing off with this little head cold and i am on the mend so other than sounding really stuffy i feel just fine and i'm able to enjoy this cigar well that's a bonus Mm -hmm. i i have to say it's probably about time i introduce this this very cigar as well. well that may be a good idea so this is a bad boy, cue the drinking game, that I have had my eye on for a little bit of time and was lucky enough to get a handle on uh, earlier this year, late last year, earlier this year. So uh, launched in 2011, the Florida Minicana Airbender Maduro is a cigar which has always tempted me. Um, in early 2011, I visited the Dominican Republic for the very first time. Um and toured a farm where the uh, Gomez family grows some of their tobacco. Um, not typically being a fan of Lafleur, uh, I, I pretty much often overlooked a lot of their releases. 
the visit to their fields was a welcome awakening for me, though, uh, especially for my palate. Um, I and my traveling companions were treated to Airbender Maduros uh, as a lovely uh, gift for visiting them. And I was immediately surprised by the blend. Um, it wasn't too terribly long after the Airbenders were released, and I had avoided them like I did many of the other LFD cigars. But, uh, uh, oh, where the heck was I in my notes? Uh-oh. <laughs> I was just incredibly surprised by the blend. It was it was very different than what I had come to expect from them. Um, and being one to typically shy away from strength to the nth degree, I, I expected nothing else from the famed double or triple Aero manufacturer. I was shocked to find that this blend, uh, to find a blend that was nuanced with spice, sweetness, hard flavors, all wrapped in subtlety. Pair that uh, with a sweeter Maduro wrapper, and I was intrigued. Um, fast forward to last winter, and as I said, I finally had a chance to get my hands on some of them. This six and a half by 54 behemoth of a cigar has Dominican internals and is wrapped in a Brazilian Habano wrapper leaf, Maduro wrapper leaf. Its aroma is unique in a spicy sort of presentation, and the pre-light is similar. The cigar reminds me of a spiced and harder version of the original Airbender blend. Bitter citrus notes cut through the low end to come together in an enjoyable, very different type of package from what I normally spoke. Speaking of packaging, this cigar was only available in 24-count humidors that were fashioned after a traditional Dominican curing barn. Really, really a sight to see if you haven't uh, laid eyes on them. Um, I split uh, this humidor, the cigars of this humidor with my cousin um, and did not buy that humidor, but it was absolutely uh, something I would have loved to have displayed in my smoking lounge. It just uh, it makes the cost of the cigars a little bit more expensive than I wanted to pay. So, yeah, and, and that thing was beautiful, but it was so freaking big for, yeah. for what it yeah. was that. I would have invested in that. It actually, those hung around Tampa Humidor back at the day for a long time. They ended up blowing the thing out at some much reduced price. I think we got, uh, so the the sale that was out in the forum, um, which is still on the forum, actually, uh, it was um, from a buddy of ours who was selling his cigars, uh, we've talked about it in the past. Everything was at least 25% off of what he paid. Uh, some were 50% off. Then he was starting to accept offers. Um, and uh, quite frankly, it just got to the point where um, I had a decent PayPal balance. He was looking at moving cigars. He accepted an offer. I split with my cousin. And I ended up picking these things up for like $5 a piece or four, wow. four fifty or something. Nice. Just stupid cheap. Just yeah, that's stupid. phenomenal. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if you remember I and you may not have even smoked it, I don't remember. I but at the tail end of Dog Watch I sent these cigars in as an unbanded. And Bob nailed it. He got it he knew exactly what it was when he smoked it. That's uh that's impressive because I don't know if I would get this. It tastes similar to what it is, definitely, but there's enough different 
that it wouldn't have been obvious to me. And the wrapper leaf isn't the typical of Florida Minicana uh, Oscuro Maduro. It's right. dark, but I mean, you could just think of it as a Colorado wrapper. It doesn't necessarily look incredibly Maduro, right. to me at least. No, I mean, I'm. it is a darker color but at the moment. I have to look mm-hmm. in the camera to even see it because it's just a silhouette for me. I'm sitting in the dark. <clears throat> but the flavor to me is considerably brighter than the typical airbender lineup. I agree. Um, well, I agree to a point. I think that the core of this cigar is a little bit deeper and darker than the typical airbender, but it is absolutely balanced it with just as much fervor by, uh, I, I call it like bitter citrus. But mm-hmm. as I'm smoking this, it reminds me more and more of like um, hops, actually. Hmm. Like that bitter citrus is is very much akin to like a, a hoppy IPA almost a little, um, which is a, it's an interesting combination. I didn't know that that would be something I would find enjoyable in a cigar, but uh, it seems to work pretty well with as hard and uh, and dark as this cigar is. So, Yeah, I think that citrus aspect is what redeems it. If that was absent, it would, it would kind of stray into being maybe a little overly tannic kind of flavor. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If, uh, if it wasn't balanced, this would not be a cigar that I would enjoy, but thankfully that the, oh, I completely ashed that two-inch solid piece of ash on my waist and my chair. You set your crotch on fire. Uh, almost, yeah. I almost set my uh, air buds on fire in my pocket. You know, um, it, should that ever happen, we will instantly become a video podcast. <laughs> that is true. I, uh, I would expect nothing less. You hear the thunder? Uh, no, I didn't. You going to get rained on? Yeah, we have storms rolling in, but it's okay for now. It's just, they're off in the distance. Are you covered? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be uh, it, it'll be your homage to the dog. We'll have a barking sky, not a barking neighbor's dog. Now, yeah. no motorcycles, no <laughs> random dudes yelling of whatever fruit they're selling from their wheelbarrow. It's just just storms. <laughs> Ah, the Dominican. Are you, uh, you're leaving next week, right? You're heading back? We are. Um, oh, yeah, I don't think I've even shared this with you. But we had originally had planned on fighting this out again with the, the Miami consulate to get our visas. We needed mm-hmm. visas. And through the school that Christy works at, we were able to secure the visas through the New York consulate, which turned out to be a much easier process. Although still riddled with ridiculousness, it it panned out. So we have visas in hand and are, of course, trying to schedule for the goofiness that always happens. We set aside an extra day in Miami to take care of last minute emergency, not having a visa. And Uh since we have it, we still, we fly out of Knoxville Tuesday and have went all day Wednesday and half of Thursday in Miami before we actually fly back to Santiago. Oh, good for you. That'll be a yeah. nice little respite. Yeah, I may uh, try to go down and see Luis before we head back. At least that's my hope. Well, I mean, 
you might as well. Uh, uh, you know what? I've ripped Miami one too many times on this show already. I think I'll hold back. <laughs> you know what? Uh, this has nothing to do with anything with this show, but I'll I'll rattle on anyway. For years living in Florida, I didn't like Miami. I hated even drive through Miami. I didn't like the look of it. I didn't like the traffic. I just didn't care for it. And then like 2012 and 13, I guess I spent a a ridiculous number of nights in Miami those two summers for work. And I just grew to love the town, man. I, I, I really enjoy the place now. My problem with Miami is that I always seem to, find communicating in a definitive manner with people in Miami seems like trying to make a fist full of water. <laughs> it's just it's just an impossibility. And your stories of the Dominican Republic, how, you know, later or soon or whatever your the the phrase that you typically oh. use to describe how nothing is definitive. Well, it's the the manana mentality. The the word manana means morning or tomorrow, but not in actual usage. It just means maybe or someday or whenever. Doesn't mean it's actually going to happen tomorrow. Well, I uh, I would welcome my eyes being opened to the enjoyable sides of Miami. Uh, every time I've been there, it's been while I've been on my way somewhere else. And so it's, it's been a race to, to get to the airport. I'd like to enjoy it. I think. Yeah. We're actually flying into Fort Lauderdale and then back out of Miami. Because mm. we can fly from Knoxville to Fort Lauderdale for like 49 bucks on Allegiant. Maybe we get there. Maybe we won't, but it'll be cheap either way. <laughs> It's going to cost you more to take a a taxi or an Uber from Fort Lauderdale to the airport in Miami than it was to get there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got uh, quite a few news stories here. Uh, only the the uh, first of which being something that's not directly cigar related, but I guess that's probably a product of being a few weeks since our last show, a few extra weeks since our last show, plus IPCPR was uh, just happening uh, less than a week ago, actually. I think yeah, just yeah. about a week. Yep, happened this past week, just wrapped up, I guess, in the past couple of days. So a few stories to share, a few uh, items to discuss, and why don't we move on down and so that way we can bust on through and get back to this Cigar of the Week in a little while. Yeah, ma'am. Our, our first news story, again, it's not huge news stories, except maybe to us and the the guys we have left from the old days listening. But today happens to be the birthday of our fearless leader, Bob McDuffie. And I don't recall what number this is, but I know he's getting up there <laughs> these days. <laughs> I sent him an email today, but I, I don't even know if the email address I had is still active. But we'll see. Well... From all of us to every bit of him, <laughs> I uh, I sincerely think that I speak for all of us in saying that uh, we wish him the best. Yeah, absolutely. If it wasn't for he and Dale, this show would not likely ever have come to fruition. That's very true. I'd have never known you. 
That's true. Yeah. yeah. We we never would have been in the same room that one time six <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty true. Although I text you uh, or whatever. Uh, what do we use? WhatsApp with yeah. you more than any other person or text more than any other person in the world. So yeah, maybe my wife. But otherwise, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah, WhatsApp is invaluable. Anybody stateside wants to talk to me, you got to download WhatsApp to your phone because it's free. Yeah. Free is nice. Yeah. Cool. This lighter here is also free, but it is not worth the price. (laughs) What? You don't like Bix after having your share of uh, torch lighters all these years? Mm -mm. I made a trip to Walmart because for years I have... I have used these little Ronson torches from Walmart. They're like three bucks. And every time I would get on an airplane, I would buy two or three of those and stash them around the suitcase, expecting to get there with half of them. And that's about how it runs. But local Walmarts here didn't have the torches anymore. They had a pipe lighter. Uh, and so I grabbed the pipe lighter and it promptly ran out of fuel in about two days. <laughs> I, I didn't want to buy a canister of butane just to leave here. So I've been using this Bic and, not a fan. DC says that uh, at his Walmart, they're five bucks. Yeah, so. but I didn't want to drive to Chicago to save a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, IPCPR uh, just finished up. And as I think is expected by just about everyone who knows anything about the industry, there weren't nearly as much... Uh, new stories and new releases as there has been in years previous. What do you say? Yeah, I think uh, there's a number of cigars that will be unrecognized by the masses, but not truly new in the sense that most of them were shipped out early and a very limited scale to one or two stores just to, to set the name up so that they could get in under the uh, deadline, whatever that was two years ago now, August, 2016, I think. So those are still coming out, but um, I actually, I kind of browse through some of the other folks who actually do cigar media and follow this kind of thing these days. I'm not exactly on top of the game like I once was, but uh, the, the one thing of all the quote unquote new releases that, that I really have an interest in is something that I normally would not um I'm an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Riddle. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little apathetic as well. Nah. <laughs> um, was the Fuente stuff. There, there's a number of new things coming from Fuente. Uh, largely their um, typical format where if you buy this many boxes from this us this year, you can get one box of these offerings or whatever, and that's how they distribute uh, some of their more limited releases and special products. But the one that caught my eye was the fact that the Opus blend is going to be available in that 888 Vitola that we've seen from the um, the Añejo line. That's cool. That is cool, because I, I love that Vitola, and as I was thinking about this story, it started to occur to me that, you know what, I am not widely known, but widely known as a Fuente whore. 
<laughs> love Fuente stuff. But I started thinking through the things that I really love from Fuente are all the, the very narrow rings. I don't, I, I, I will smoke the Magnums, but only generally the small, that 44 Magnum, mm-hmm. which by the way is not a 44 ring Vitola, by the way. Most people think it is, but that number huh. is how many, how many cigars are in the box. Uh, but I, I really, the Don Carlos number three and number four, little guys, 42, 44 ring. Um, the Casa Fuente Lancero, the Don Carlos Lancero, even the Opus Lancero. I'm not a big Opus fan, but the fact that they're going to put this blend, this Opus blend in the 888, which is, this one is going to be a little longer than what we see in, in the Añejo, but it's going to be six and seven eighths by 44 with a, a pointed little pencil tip on it. Uh, the head is tapered off to next to nothing. Uh, we were given the Añejo once several years ago now, a couple of years before they made it to market, and I fell deeply for them. I love that in the Añejo. And the fact that it's going to be in the Opus line, and it's a smaller ring, and I tend to really like their their skinnier cigars. I actually want to try this one. This may be one that I spring the pesos for to buy in country if I see them on the shelf. But uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Well, you should be. I mean, it's one of those things where I I think all of us agree that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And so to, uh, you know, to think about your love of Fuente, it's not surprising to to see you as a a bit of a Fuente whore. And uh, somebody who maybe wants to geek out a little bit more, perhaps, on uh, some cigars you don't normally try anymore either and are new. Yeah, yeah, all that. I don't buy them in the Dominican Republic, which I hate to even say the words, but it's just ridiculous to me. I live four miles from the factory, and (laughs) not that I can't, but I won't pay for the cigars there when I can get them for half the price in the States. Yeah, yeah. It's it's understandable. I, I keep telling you, though, you really should become best friends with Carlito. Just randomly, uh, <laughs> start stalking him and insert myself into wherever he's at. I was gonna say randomly uh, invite his child over to your house so he has to come over, but that's usually <laughs> accompanied with a prison sentence, and you yeah, know that would yeah, that, that would make it difficult. That could be a little weird. Yeah. It could be a little weird, just a little though. <laughs> you can't follow Carlito. That dude's all over the, the whole planet these days. He's in the Middle East. He's in Moscow. He's in parts of Europe. He's one minute the next, the guy's trotting around the globe. I didn't even know that. He's been really traveling, jet-setting. Yeah, a lot. He was at a World Cup game, I think, in Moscow. Holy crap. Yeah. Did you follow him on Facebook or something? Where are you finding yeah. that? Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Just see the pictures. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. He's, I did uh, see him recently, but just briefly. Didn't really chat or anything, just to say hello. Does he see you and run the opposite direction because of your tattoo? <laughs> or does he not remember that that's you? Uh, no, he always remembers it when it, it's hanging out of my sleeve. But uh, well, I, I never knew him well at all. I mean... Not so much that he would ever even recognize me. I never spent much time 
with him one on one at all. Other members of the family I have, but Carlos yeah, sure. is a busy dude that meets hundreds of people every day. Yeah, it is a little crazy to think about how uh, how many hands he's shaken over the years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Along those lines, he should be one heck of a crazy uh, germaphobe. But so should any public figure, I suppose. Yeah. Come down, live wherever we're at, and you get past that. Yeah. It takes a couple of months of being constantly sick to get, you know, an immunity built up. <laughs> you can eat and drink whatever you want, pretty much. Hey, good times. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new diet plan. Just drink the water out of the sink. <laughs> Lose 10 pounds. Ah, gotta love it. Oh boy, you're lucky if you can drink it out of the sink. You gotta usually get it from your cistern. Although that goes to your sink. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to dip it out of the cistern. Except <laughs> when, when the power's out, I do. <laughs> Most of the time I don't. So I'm more right than I knew. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uncommon, man, when the power's out for any amount of time, there's no electricity to run the pump to get it from the cistern of the house. We've got to drag a bucket on a rope out there and start dipping water. A bucket on a rope. <laughs> Actually, a bucket on a tow strap out of the truck. Oh, golly. Uh, you just sounded real southern again right there, just an FYI. <laughs> we just dip a bucket on a rope and get ourselves some water. <laughs> and apparently at the end of that, you turned into Quinn from Jaws, so... <laughs> Shocks in the water, buckets in the water. Like a doll's eyes. <laughs> uh, I bet everybody who tuned in live didn't know that they were getting the uh, Jaws retelling 2018. Hey, we're coming up on the anniversary of the uh, USS Indianapolis going down, actually. Uh, yeah, real soon. Jaws. Next week. Yeah, I think so. I met a survivor of the Indianapolis one time. Oh, did you ask him if he likes sushi? <laughs> I did not. Yeah, probably smart move. <laughs> How in the heck did we get here from there? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, hmm. uh, sorry. Anyways, uh, IPCPR. Anything yeah. else we should talk about, or should I uh, have some other horribly crass and inappropriate comment? Okay, what do we got here? We're going to jump one just to remain on topic with IPCPR, but I noticed uh, Half Wheel had done a little write-up on a company that we may remember from Bob McDuffie's fascination, if not obsession, with the company at the 2012 IPCPR. Um, I believe the company's I thought they were Russian, but now I'm rethinking that. Uh, they're called Total Flame, which Bob was just cracked up at the name. And oh, hey, I, I got to talk to these guys. I got to party with these cowboys. And so he's been all kinds of time. With them. Um, but uh, I noticed Half Wheel, and I'll, I'll put a link up to the story that they had uh, covered the booth. And they're putting out a cigar with Iranian tobacco. Which caught my eye, because I don't think I've ever seen that in a cigar before. And it's going to have a Connecticut wrapper, Indonesian Sumatran binder, and the filler blend is from Iran, Nicaragua, and Pennsylvania. Which, 
another thing that really piques my interest for for that very reason. And the reason, in addition to that, is the fact that the many of the tobaccos that I appreciate the most in pipe tobacco, and English blends in particular, come from these Near Eastern and Far Eastern, or not Far, Near Eastern and Middle Eastern locales. And they, you know, they have very specific ways of curing the tobacco over burning herbs and burning woods of various kinds that, that impart a, a unique flavor to them. And, and those who are, may not be completely familiar would kind of call it a campfire kind of thing, although it's not really like the fire-cured tobacco that Sam Lucia was using. It's something in that vein anyway. And so I was wondering if maybe that's going to be the case with this Iranian tobacco or if it just happens to have been grown there and they're going to cure it in what, you know, more similar to how we're familiar with. So if anybody out there comes across these, I don't know how big of a presence Total Flame has in the U.S. Uh, I personally have never seen them on a shelf in Florida nor Tennessee. Um, and I, I'm for many years was really familiar with the overwhelming majority of tobacconists in the state of Florida. Um, but they're only making 10,000 of these and half of those are going to end up in the U S but if somebody out there comes across them, you got to smoke one just to let me know w what it was like. Cause I'm, I'm just dying to know. Yeah. I'd be curious uh, <clears throat> about two things. One, if they're going to market the fact that it's got Iranian tobacco in it and two, uh, whether or not this is a cigar that's that's going to get any notoriety or notoriety—that's not the right term. Any, uh, oh gosh, what the heck is the word? Any interest due to it being unique? Um, what in the world is that converse that that word? Doesn't matter. I've expressed the point. Uh, novelty factor. Oh, people okay. going to view it as having a novelty factor because it's got Iranian tobacco and no one's ever had that before, at least not in cigars. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to me either way. Just to know, just just because I'm that guy that likes to try the new stuff on the shelf. Sure, sure. Yep, <laughs> you uh, you are well known to be that guy, and I think Iranian tobacco has some. Uh, allure to it. I mean, it's certainly not an area of the world that's ignorant to tobacco growth. I'll tell you that. No, I don't know. I mean, hell, it might be it might be more steeped in tobacco tradition than any country in the Western Hemisphere other than Cuba. Hmm. Uh, if you think about it, I bet it's it's uh, well into the the very early 20th century. I bet when the English got back uh, uh, that area of the world, much of that area of the world after World War One, I, I bet that's when it really took off. Yeah, that um, kind of in that area, and Syria, Greece, Turkey, those were huge tobacco growing areas, and and continue to be so. Although it's more known in pipe tobacco circles than cigars. <laughs> Uh, I have not verified this, but Dan Crouch says, uh, Total Flame slogan, life is short, do it hard. 
<laughs> For some reason, I remember Bob McDuffie laughing his head off something about these cigars, and I wonder if it was that mantra. I don't know. I just remember I went with he and and um, Liz to that show, and he he was just eat up with it, man. Just fascinated by these guys. Every time I would encounter him on the floor, that's where he would be. <laughs> uh, I wonder why. I wonder what his fascination was. I don't know. Because they didn't have Iranian tobacco then, right? I don't think so. If they did, I didn't know about it. Huh. Interesting. Well, that's uh, it's one to look for, and it sounds like if you can find some, it's a good profit marking profit making scheme if you guys get in touch with Kipper. Yeah. Well maybe not because they're like fifteen bucks a piece, I think it's MSRP. I'm <laughs> not gonna profit much over that from give you a shiny new fifty dollar bill from three of them. I mean I'm intrigued, but we'll see. Well what do we got next? Or uh, are we gonna go back a touch? Yeah let's jump up just just to mention it. Because we've talked a lot, you know least a couple times about the the looming FDA regulations as they begin to come into play. Yep. And one of the more um, one of the ones deemed to be more onerous on the cigar companies have been the, the labeling requirements. They're going to require I, I believe 30% of the major surfaces of the boxes to be covered by this label which includes edges and top of the box and the inside face, you know, where cigar companies love to put their beautiful artwork. And it's going to be overwhelmingly expensive. I mean, companies are basically having to reformat all their packaging and they have to be permanently affixed. They can't be to where you can just pull it off and sell the cigars anyway. And a lot of requirements. And so this has been one of the major sticking points. One of the things that have been, have been resisted the most by the cigar industry and so Judge Mehta, Amit P. Mehta, uh, ruled for and against it, mostly against the cigar industry recently. And we talked about that a few shows ago. Yep. Although he had reservations and he, he put that in his, his, um, word I'm looking for, his decision, his, his write up from the decision. I can't think of the word now. Uh, neither of us have much of a vocabulary tonight, apparently. <laughs> but, he put in there several comments that although he doesn't feel he has the authority to overturn this or do this or do that, he really thinks the FDA needs to go back to the drawing board and look at what they're doing. He doesn't think it's, uh, doesn't think it's been investigated well or handled well. And the fact that they're, they have an open comment period on legislation that is coming into fruition is a terrible idea. But anyway, he ruled in another uh, case this I guess it's within the past couple of weeks so that the labeling requirements specifically have been put on hold and they're put on hold until 60 days after a different case that's pending because there's now a number of, of various cigar related cases in the court system spun off of these regulations so they were about to come into play in August and now that's been put off I can't say indefinitely, but there's not a specific date. It's 60 days after this other case is judged. <clears throat> so the companies 
uh, rightfully are seeing it as a win. I, I mean, a lot of companies were kind of prepared. There's been a couple that have even started putting the labels on their packaging, which drew some criticism from some of the other companies that they should not do that yet. But that's neither here nor there. Not my concern. Um, but a lot of companies have already spent some money and some time and some effort in this, but it at least gives a bit of a cushion to those maybe that might be behind on doing so. Uh, I don't know that it's going to go away, but certainly it is helpful for a delay in the cash outlay required to do it. Well, it, uh, it, do we call it the, his ruling, his judgment? I don't know what the proper terminology is, but, Having read through his previous ruling, I'll put it that way. Opinion. Opinion. It might actually just be his opinion, actually. Uh, the Honorable Judge Meta actually seems like a pretty reasonable um, judicial mind. I would absolutely love it if he was more pro-cigar industry, but it's not just his interpretation of whether or not something should or shouldn't be. It's his interpretation of whether something is able to be based upon legislation and precedent. And so his ruling here, his thought here makes a hell of a lot of sense. And to be completely honest, if I had been more aware of uh, this impending judgment or ruling or opinion or insert appropriate term here. Um, This probably would have seemed pretty likely based upon his uh, previous words on the topic. So I think it's a good thing. I think that we need to be aware that uh, this should be prepared for, and perhaps this is the new normal, but um, I don't know maybe more information will come to fruition or come to head and uh, uh, the honorable judge Meta will be able to have a ruling a little bit more in our favor as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I, I know nothing about the guy outside of these, you know, stories from recent months, but definitely, I, know nothing. I, I agree with everything you're saying. The guy seems to be on a very even keel where he's not emotionally making a decision. He's just saying, okay, this is where we are. I feel like this has been done incorrectly, but at the same time, legally I'm bound to this. And yeah, this is what the law says. And that's, that's really his job. This is what the law says. This is what I have to do for that reason. Yep. Rather than saying, I don't care what the law says. I don't like it. (laughs) And just going with it. Uh, You know, uh, Unfortunate as it may be at times, it's it's nice to have that measuring stick that isn't moving. Consistency and not just somebody who's uh, on a power creep. Boy, I hope that doesn't get too much closer to you. Yeah, it's getting, getting closer and more frequent. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> here's to uh, some more positive rulings in the future. Yeah. Hey, uh, we are 45 minutes into uh, the show, and I am an hour and a half into this cigar. Shall we share some thoughts uh, midway through the news here? Because we still got a few more. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I was looking at the lightning. It seems really bright. 
It did. I was going to say, you don't need to look at your computer monitor anymore to see what color your wrapper is. Well, it, it's funny. We All those years we lived in Florida, thunderstorms are just part of life every single day in the summer. It just storms. And there's lots of thunder, lots of lightning. Tampa trades years off with some obscure location in Africa for uh, the quote-unquote lightning capital of the world every year. As far as frequency goes, it's just... just <laughs> My kids grew up with lots of light and thunder, never scared by it because it's just part of life. And then we moved to Santiago, and it is extremely rare that we have lightning and thunder. I mean, a handful of times in a year is it. And so now I'm I'm back here, and there's lots of lightning and thunder, and it seems weird again. That's funny. Well, okay. Enough of that nothingness. Back to the cigar. Say, uh, the uh, flavor actually is dead nuts. Just the same as first couple of minutes I lit it. It didn't take much time to establish itself. It just jumped right into you know. A lot of times you light a cigar, it takes five or ten minutes to kind of settle in. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd tasting. None of that. This thing lit and has remained consistent with that. That flavor, the bitterness maybe is a little bit less to me, but honestly, I'm not sure it's the cigar. I think it's the fact that it's heavy enough. I don't want to say pounding my palate in the sense that it's so aggressive, but kind of has worn into my palate enough that maybe it's deadened the effect. And so I don't don't find as much bitterness. There may be a little bit more of a powdery sweetness there than, than early on, but it's very, very similar to how it started, which, which is not a bad thing. I know people like to talk about transitions and changes and this and that. Or, and But if, if the cigar is something I appreciate, I don't mind if it stays that way throughout. I, I may put it down if I'm a little fatigued and come back to it later, but I'm digging it so far. Yeah, I I would agree with your assessment about uh, it having some powdery sweetness. Um the bitterness or the the sour citrus, bitter citrus comment that I made earlier about it reminding me of hops um, is no longer there. That, I think, has transitioned over to more cocoa and sweet cocoa to me. <clears throat> um, dare I say dusty cocoa? Um, it, has, it, it, it has some characteristics similar to that. Now, I think the core flavors, the core depth or deep flavors, dark flavors, they're not overly dark. They're just extremely rich. Um, one of the things that I'm struck by about this cigar is that it just seems like it is such a candidate for aging. Not so much because... Um, <laughs> not so much because I feel like it's going to become this complex flavor bomb and it's just gonna explode in your mouth blah 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 i i don't think that that's the case i think that what's gonna happen here is <clears throat> that almost palate fatigue that you're implying i think more time is going to allow this cigar to mellow out and so it's not going to be as fatiguing it's not going to be so overwhelming maybe this is a cigar that would really benefit from 10 years and I mean, shall we call it just a 
a mellowing with age, but not really a full blossom. It's just not as as aggressive flavor wise. Um, I almost feel like this is a cigar that every puff that I take, I'm wishing, ah, I should have taken a smaller puff. Ah, I should have taken a little bit less smoke. Like that's just a really common thought that I've had. Um, because I don't think you need very much smoke to get a ton of the flavor that this cigar has to offer. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think I, I'm going to try that. I think I'm going to really go light the next couple puffs. I agree. And the richness you mentioned, that that's a good point. My, It's like red cake icing. It's just so rich that it's almost too much. But my, when I was a kid, my grandmother made cakes. That was her. That's what she did. She had a little business making cakes. She baked cakes for people. Huh. And when it was my birthday coming up and she's going to make a cake for me, I was like, I don't want any red icing. I don't care what it looks like or what's on. I don't want red icing because the red <laughs> was incredibly rich. It was just too much. I didn't want that. And I, and this doesn't get to that point where it's too much. I, it's enjoyable, but it is very rich. Very strong in what it is. It is itself to the nth degree. So if this cigar was sweet and it had the same characteristics except sweetness, um, except on a sweet profile, I would absolutely believe that I'd call it a cloyingly sweet cigar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But because it's not sweet, because it's, it's a deeper, darker, richer flavor, it's like... And I don't think that it tastes like this, but the analogy here is all I'm going for. It's like a dry aged piece of beef where that flavor is richer. It's it's more inset in every bite. It's not surface deep, almost tasting like a salty. Oh, yeah, there's also some umami here. It's just filled with umami. And so it's it's that equivalent to dry aging a cigar or a cigar, <laughs> uh, a steak, <clears throat> and having it just become more complex, more concentrated. This mm-hmm. cigar is the most concentrated flavor bomb that I think I've ever consistently had. I've had single cigars that are, you know, kick in the teeth, just overwhelming with flavor. But every one of these cigars that I've had has been this way. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm also getting rained on a little bit, so at some point I'm going to have to scoot over. <laughs> oh, no problem. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I can vamp pretty well if you need two minutes to move. What? So, I, know, I was it, thinking we're going to have to put the show on pause and, and try to make it through 30 seconds so I can move over. But <laughs> you think you can do it? I, I, I'm going to pause and mute myself momentarily when we get to the next story and uh rearrange my chair well why don't uh why don't i give you that opportunity okay and i will talk a little bit about another kind of interesting flavor or might not even be a flavor it might just be kind of a direction that i think the cigar is going um do it well that was start of the vamping you numb nuts you should have gone um I feel like the the eh, how do I put this the um, hoppy flavor is not so much hops in that that kind of uh, uh, bitter citrusness, but I feel like this is more almost the aroma of of hops, and maybe it's 
a generic term for somebody who doesn't really know breweries very well, but it kind of has that flavor like when you're in a brewery and you have some of that fermentation aroma and it goes along with that that very herbal <clears throat> hoppy aroma that's also there. Um, reminds me a little bit more of that now where you don't get hit in the face with it being a citrus flavor. It's just kind of this little bit of a funk to it, but it also does have a citrusy uh, component to it. I think that's kind of where the the that element of it has transitioned, and it's separated a little bit from the 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 cocoa. You called it uh, powdery sweetness, but I'll call it a little bit of the bitter cocoa uh, with some sweetness in there. It it's kind of two independent flavor profiles uh, that I honestly think were just one profile, or was just one profile before. It's really interesting. I can dig it. You uh, ah. you concur? I do. Ah. I, <laughs> I made my uh, chair adjustments, but still getting wet. So I there's a curtain here. I'm just going to let it get wet and put it in front of me. That's mom's house. That's fine. Yeah. That curtain hangs there in the rain all the time. What's it going to matter? <laughs> Uh, so you, you are, uh, oh, no, there's another IPCPR story here. Excuse me. I was going to jump right ahead to something else. A couple other things. Which one you want to do? Uh, let's go into the other release, um, comment. You've got one, which is kind of a two-parter. Let's get into the straight release comment where you, uh, talk about what could be a bit of a discussion. Could become a bit of a discussion. Okay. The one where I could speculate, but probably shouldn't. That's correct. <laughs> well, this didn't actually come out of IPCPR. I, I got an email from Drew Estate. Uh, it's been a few weeks ago now with an announcement that they were kind of entering the very value-priced, low-end bundle cigar market, which I thought was interesting based on their – I mean, they have a firm footing in the flavored cigar market, and they have the – higher end offerings in the, the Liga Pravada lines and whatnot, and maybe somewhere in the middle, upper middle end with upper middle end, upper middle section of, uh, with the undercrown, uh, you know, they have some good offerings, but I was surprised to see this. I, and it just made me start thinking of what, what maybe the motivation was and why, why now that they would introduce I did not see an MSRP in the press release. I, I'm, I'm just not remembering it without going back and digging it up. But they seem to mar- be marketing them as something that you fire up to cut the grass. If you got to throw it away, that's fine. You toss it and you get another one. Um, seems like it's very low-end bundled offerings. And I didn't know why why they were trying to jump into that market when so many others do it so many others do it but it's one of those things where it's it's tough the competition's really tough down there uh, it's hard to make a dollar cigar without making a dollar cigar i mean it's hard to introduce something that inexpensive that does well because there's not much margin and there is a lot of other competition out there and i wondered if this is uh, uh motivated by they're new. Well, I still say new. It's been for three, four years now that yeah. Swisher bought them out. And Swisher 
Swisher International has a pretty strong lock on small cigars. Small cigars being things we don't typically consider premium cigars. And I don't know where these lie. I don't even recall the details. Honestly, I didn't get far into this press release before deciding I did not really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a little honesty coming out, but, just but I, a touch. I don't know what the construction is. I don't know if they're long fill or short fill or mixed fill. Or, I, I don't know. Uh, it was just interesting to me that something I will watch play out, but probably not be participating in, but you know, I thought it may be worth talking about it because you generally have better opinions than I do. I don't know if I'd say better. I would say more colorful. <laughs> I this. I mean, well, uh, you, you, your opinions are ninety nine percent of the time far more thought out. I'm a little more knee jerk. Okay, whatever. You actually have a reason for the things you believe. I just say whatever comes to mind. <laughs> Let me let me put it to you this way. Um, and let me put my reaction to you this way. Swisher has made Swisher International has made billions upon billions of dollars manufacturing value priced uh, bundle type cigars. Correct. Yes. So, isn't it logical to think that? Um, the the typical buyers, the typical consumers of Drew Estate cigars are probably not the people who buy those value price cigars. It's a completely different market, though aligned uh, or parallel. Is that also a logical uh, assumption or yeah, assertion? It is. So for Swisher to look at this and say, hey, we own your name. Your name brings a subset of consumer that we do not typically have access to. Why don't you? Uh, mm-hmm. Why don't you let us use your name, use some of your tobaccos, and do what we have done very successfully in the past, and both profit from it? Yeah it it seems like a a pretty good fit. Um. And it, this doesn't have to be a a, a five million cigar uh, experiment. I mean, they could certainly do something like this on the uh, on a smaller scale, or do a lot of test runs with it to see if it's going to be something that pans out. But Drew Estate has a lot of fanboys. They they do, and that really was the first thought that crossed my mind was the it's thundering was the cigar industry is heavily influenced by a name and heavily influenced by an image and how many cigar companies have you seen that start doing dollar a stick blowouts with cigars international and suddenly their higher end cigars are damaged for it because people get that image in their mind well they're making these so why would i pay 15 dollars for this other one from the same people i i don't disagree with that comment though i think it's a different it's a different impact when you sell to ci or allow ci to to sell overruns or extras or closeouts whatever it is it might be your name but they are doing something that you can't do that's why you're damaged that's why you typically are damaged because you're undercutting yourself 
you're allowing someone else who doesn't really care about your brand whatsoever to damage your brand because they can sell this $15 cigar for three bucks. And then after it's gone, that consumer is pissed off that they now can't buy it for $3 anymore. You know, they don't necessarily think I, I'm I'm putting words in the consumer's mouth. I would imagine that a uh, an uninformed, occasional cigar consumer who's buying from the the uh, the catalog stores isn't necessarily aware of the fact that said manufacturer is um, not really the one who's setting that price. That 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 catalog buys at this incredibly deep discounted price for whatever reason it may be and we'll have another story a little bit later on that talks a little bit about that i believe um and so you're allowing someone else to set the market for your cigars and that's not what it is you have an incredible three dollar cigar you don't have a fifteen dollar cigar that somebody got a sale on because that's who that buyer is purchasing from and when they can't get it again they're not going to go seek you out at a local cigar store. That's not who they buy from or how they buy. You've just damaged yourself by giving someone else the ability to control that for you. So this is a little bit different. They're doing it themselves. They're putting a product out where they can replicate that cost, that quality, every aspect of it continuously. And so you're not going to be ruining your brand necessarily because you're not necessarily sacrificing your brand you're supplementing it with a segment of the market where you normally aren't rather than dipping a toe in it and giving false expectation that you'll be able to go back there again that a consumer would be able to go back there again so hey did you want me to count the number of whiskers on your right cheek or no (laughs) i keep having to move the wind is blowing directly at me and, and wetting me through the screen Boy, I can see the trees outside when the lightning goes. Yeah. If uh, if you need a little bit more time to, to shut some drapes or something, we can do that. Well, there's not any. There's there's a screen section and then a door and then a screen section, so the door has no, no curtain over it. Uh, well, <clears throat> if you need to do anything else, let me know, or if you want to try to uh, accelerate this a touch, we can absolutely do so. Uh, uh, no, we're good. I'm just going to have to move again, though. I'm going to move all the way over to the door. (laughs) And if that doesn't do it, I'm just going to be wet. Well, while Kip is moving, what I'll say here is uh, uh, probably just a little bit of a closeout of this comment. But um, I I think that we're expecting – well, no, I I won't say that. I think that what the typical – CI or Holt or JR consumer is expecting is an inexpensive premium cigar. I think this is not what somebody is trying to create. I think that Drew Estate is trying to just create, or Swisher, probably more appropriately, is just trying to create um, another product, uh, another facet of the market. And it's a facet of the market that um yeah it is very difficult especially when considering s chip from 8 years ago uh and potential thoughts on uh what is and what isn't a premium cigar if and when that goes truly into effect but my guess is is that this is something like a 30 cent cigar uh 
that they can sell for $2 and handle very, very easily. I would almost imagine that this is uh, probably going to be only a hand-finished cigar, if it is even at all. Um, And it's probably going to be done in a very economical manner. So I know DC commented about it being released later on this, uh, this month or perhaps next month. So we can we can readdress this coming up, but um, I, I don't think anybody's expecting a twelve dollar cigar or a fifteen dollar cigar here. I think they're expecting a, a cigar that's probably reminiscent in profile to some of those, but in no way a replacement for. So I'm with you, kinda. It's getting like crazy windy right now. Well. I uh, I am more than happy to put a couple of these uh, final stories on the back burner if we want to jump right into what else we've been smoking recently. Yeah, we probably um, should do that. We'll just make a brief announcement for the AJ Fernandez one because I know we've got a lot of fans of that this cigar out there. Well, um, no problem at all. That uh, that was one of the the sadder stories. Uh, air quotes around Saturn that we've seen here, but uh, unfortunately, smokers of the AJ Fernandez San Latano Oval are going to be disappointed here coming up. Uh, that line is being discontinued, shockingly, uh, and it is reportedly said to avoid confusion with their Requiem line. So apparently, Cigars International has opted to buy out the remaining inventory of them to make it an exclusive. Uh, until the inventory is completely depleted. So, folks, act quickly and uh, jump on in. This this is one of those topics we were just talking about with Drew Estate and with having the potential um, to maybe damage the brand. But I do know that AJ does a fair bit with this market. So, <clears throat> uh, And he's got a new cigar about every six weeks anyway. So maybe he does something that... <laughs> He'll be able to weather that storm. He does, and he's got a lot that are not even for himself. I mean, who knows how many cigars he's actually making under everybody else's name. Yeah, really good point. <clears throat> We've talked in the past about that, so that's yeah. uh, very well-known fact in the industry. Um, would you like me to correct the spelling on your cigars for this week? No, no, because it sounds the same whether it's written properly <laughs> or not. <laughs> I'll correct two and leave the third. You're here. You <laughs> are a Richard. <laughs> well, my cigars of the week are relatively brief because uh, they don't just happen to be the cigars of the week. They happen to be the cigars of the month for me. Any any guesses in the chat room? <laughs> if you were gonna, if you were gonna make an assumption, <clears throat> what I would be smoking a metric buttload of. What do you think it is? I'll give them a clue. He probably doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> That's a good clue. Well, <laughs> let me let me relight my cigar here. Holy crap! My wife's computer is very, very wet right now. I'm just oh. hoping I don't get electrocuted. <laughs> Well, folks, they happen to be the Cabaguan Maduros. Uh, this time in the, uh, I believe, the Robusto Extra, the RX Vitola. Um, 
They are lovely. They are consistent. And oh man, uh, they have been <laughs> they have been my choice. So consistent. They're unrecognizable. Five so times. So consistent. They're unrecognizable. So now that I have opened us up for the next round of unbandeds to be sent in, let's hope <laughs> we perform well. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I pretty much just concluded that every unbanded from now on. Cabeguan Maduro. Done. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to be right about 10% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, that is the case. <laughs> well, I put three things on here. One, I'm going to reserve comment about outside of just making uh, mention of the fact that that picture I see here, this cigar. Uh-huh. The uh, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, which is Steve Saka's brand since leaving Drew Estate. I had a chance to actually to smoke a couple of his lines uh, recently. One of them being the Sobremesa, which literally means over the table. It's, it is representative of the time spent after a meal, just kind of lingering over the table and having a cigar and conversation, which is actually, to me, is a really cool, cool thing to call a cigar. But I uh, had a couple of those and had, holy crap, had an amazing experience the first time. Really loved it. And the second one was a little bit wonky. It was burning weird. Uh, it, it was a little bit tighter than I preferred, although certainly not too problematic. It was within normal, normal range as far as cigars come and go. But... Feeling a little bit like Craig, I decided to take the wrapper off. And when I did, there was what looks to be a red magic marker line drawn on this cigar on the binder. I have no idea why. It doesn't seem to say anything or designate anything. I just thought it was peculiar. And and so I got a picture. I'll stick that up on the forum just because I collect pictures of weird things that have happened with cigars over the years. You do, and I absolutely love the fact that you do that. And uh, to anybody who is watching the video, there is this picture. <laughs> you can uh, It's on my phone, but you can certainly see the nice, bright, red Sharpie line. So why it's there, I don't know. But it uh, it bridges what would otherwise be a pretty obvious crease. So uh, you you, you can't quite say that it was on the tobacco itself because it's not a continuous piece of tobacco. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that's there for, but it goes in the collection of chicken feathers and strings I pulled out of cigars and bailing twine, all kinds of crap over the years. <sighs> Gotta love it. What else have I got? Oh, I have a friend. His name is Brad. Known him for many years. He he lives up in Maryland now. And when I visited him a couple of years ago, I guess 2016, we were in and we made it up that way and visited him. He had this pipe and, and it was from uh, a brand called OMS Pipes, and which I had not been familiar with beforehand. But I loved it. It was, it was a, in a shape called the Devil Ants, named after... Devil Ants in the Hatfield and McCoy saga that became a little popular when the miniseries released of the story several years ago. Oh, 
Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, okay. Odd uh, side note. I yeah. know uh, uh, Hatfield. Oh, really? Yeah. I have known several, but not that had any claim to the lineage. But anyway. Oh, no, she has claimed to the lineage. Oh. Well, I guess we're all kin. If you go back far enough. <laughs> go back far enough. There's a mitochondrial mama out there somewhere. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> Somebody has to make that a t-shirt. <laughs> well, people in Tennessee couldn't spell mitochondrial, so I'm stuck. <laughs> Mighty chondral y'all. <laughs> anyway, the shape of the pipe is called the devil ants. It's become popular, and it became popular because it was the shape of the pipe that Kevin Costner smoked in that miniseries. And I I loved it. I thought it was a cool little pipe he was smoking. And so this time, he ordered one and had it delivered to my mom's house for me and was waiting here when I got here. Here it is in the picture. Cool. Kind of, kind of a stubby billiard with a forward canted bow, which is part of the appeal to me because I smoke a pipe a lot while I'm reading, and that just that little bit of cant on that bow takes it out of your eye line, and it doesn't interfere with the book if you're reading. Huh. But, like I said, I was not familiar with this brand before by name and not at all beyond the name since. But this thing, I have put this through the paces in the past two weeks and absolutely smoked the daylights out of this bowl. And it performs like a champ. I mean, I don't know the guy. He has a a, a, a name that I can't recall because it is a peculiar lengthy name. Um, I can look it up and put that on the forum if anyone's interested. But not knowing anything about it, the pipe is phenomenal. I I love it. It smokes like a freaking dream. It's one of the better pipes I think I've ever owned. Huh. And I, I would not hesitate to buy this guy's pipes. I mean, you, going forward, like I said, even I don't know him. Oof. Oh boy. Don't know anything about him except my experience with this pipe that has been fantastic. Um, huh. And I, well, now we have sirens. Um, I have been smoking McBaron's Navy Flake exclusively in this pipe for no other reason than that's what I have open while we're here. And man, man, I love that tobacco. I pulled some out of the cellar while I was in Florida and and opened it up. That's why I've been smoking it. And now I'm wishing I had just loaded up with Navy Flake to take back with me rather than the mix I had because, man, I can't even tell you how much I'm grooving on, on this tobacco. I, uh, it's not Navy Flake. It's not really even close to Navy Flake, but, uh, I bought my first tin of Sextant when I was in Colorado. Ah, great piece. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was channeling my inner Kip trying to figure out which one of his blends I should go with. And, uh, was at a pipe shop that had quite a few. Nice. Those those shops are hard to come by these days. That not that carry peas. I mean, if there's a shop that sells tins of pipe tobacco, that's one they're probably going to have that brand. But it's it's getting so that tobacconists, if they carry pipe tobacco these days, it's just the the bulk in jars. So it's it's refreshing to come across one that still has some tins. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was 
pretty pleased with their selection. I bet they had uh, 50 or 60 different types. Uh, not all of his, but uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty nice to come to, to run across. That's a good one. I like Sextant. I, I like it more than I had imagined. Um, if I had to pick a favorite, that, that would be up near the top, but maybe something like Westminster would be up there. Uh, that one is a very gentle, sedated kind of English middle of the road. It's not uh, It's not going to be too much for anybody, but it's enough for anybody. Um, I was talking with the, the tobacconist about it, and uh, about not Sextant, but <clears throat> uh, actually, specifically, I was talking about, what is it, uh, Gaslight or Old yeah. Gaslight? Yep. Um, it, it was that was not one that I had ever seen before or heard you talk about. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I have smoked just about every single type of pipe tobacco that we've ever had in this store, except Gaslight, because it's I'm just guessing it's the most basic or benchmark of English blends. And I like something a little bit different. But so he couldn't tell me anything about it. I can't either. I have not smoked it. I have a tin laying around somewhere that I've never opened. Uh, it's one of his more recent uh, introductions, so it, oh, it came it? it came into play after I was mostly out of the the buying game for pipe tobacco. Ah, well, you are forgiven. You don't need to know everything that I want to know. Well, I'm expected to, but it's my cross to bear. That is true. What can I say? <laughs> Thankfully, you know a lot, so it's not that much. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> The only other thing I have on here is not a cigar, it's not a pipe tobacco, and it's something that is not in my reach at the moment because I don't have any idea what I did with it. Ah, it's in my pocket. Let me reach into my pocket and retrieve this. Zycar MTX scissors. And everybody knows I have talked a little bit of trash in recent years about Zycar, particularly the fact that I can't get their lighters to last more than a few months before they crap out on me. <laughs> and I'm tired of sending them back to be replaced. But we all know by now that I loved the cigars, the cigar scissors, and I lost mine, but I have now replaced it. So I am a whole human being once again. And it's just as fantastic as the original. I would uh, I would imagine that would be the case. Yeah. So, I'm happy about that. Well, I I would say happy might not be the best way to describe it, but judging by your your glee I've seen in multiple locations. <laughs> yeah, my head broken out in a song a time or two, but uh have uh have you any final thoughts about this cigar of the week? Well, let me take a puff here see what I think mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I didn't even taste it that was so <laughs> it um the sweetness I talked about earlier mostly gone now there's there's very little sweetness for me. The powdery feel is there. I can, uh, I, it almost produces a drying effect. When I retrohale it, it feels kind of dry through the nose. And it's almost drying on the palate, but it causes a little bit of a salivary response. Huh. Pav, Pavlov's dog, but 
sweetness is gone. The uh, definitely no more citrus. Uh, I, I guess I have still have three inches of cigar left, so I'm not near the end. There's no no indication that it's telling me it's done. There's no harshness, no bitterness, no no ill effects. And honestly, I'm a little surprised that I'm not feeling the effect of the cigar. I'm just no 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 nothing no nothing off nothing that tells me I've had a strong cigar because I remember being impacted by these a little more originally, you know, six years ago or whenever. I, I find this cigar to be palate polluting a touch. Um, and as you have discussed, there's the potential for fatigue here. And I really do think it's because it is just, it, there's almost too much flavor. There's just almost too much of it. If you were an incredibly heavy, strong cigar smoker, um, I think you could smoke this cigar and you could be satisfied by it in a way that was different from how you're typically satisfied. Not because this is a weak cigar compared to a strong cigar, but because you're, you're going to experience an overabundance of flavor that... I typically feel uh, extreme cigar smokers uh, look to that extreme strength and and almost harshness to more uh, youthful. Youthful isn't the right word, but for lesser smokers, um, you look for that as part of the smoking experience, potentially. I'm putting words in your mouth, and I'm not uh, going to say that that's always the case, but it seems to be to me. This cigar would please even them, despite not being overly strong, despite not being harsh, despite not having uh, what appears to be processing flaws of any sort. It is just so chock full of flavor that it's it's one of those that I recommend everybody try. Uh, it's it's so unique, so unique. Um, closing flavors, it's. It's starting to get a little bit of that palate pollution for me. I've been smoking it for over two hours, and I still have – where's my ruler? Oh, I set it over here. Uh, and I still have da, 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 almost three inches left, a little bit more than two and three quarter. Wow. Uh, two and seven eighths or so. I have caught wow. you. I started a, a 40 minutes after you did. Well, the, the smaller puffs – are really helpful for that flavor because you, you overwhelm your palate when you're smoking so much of it at a time when you take these massive puffs. The smaller puffs, I almost think you get better flavor if you take a smaller, quicker puff than if you take a smaller puff and hold it in your mouth. Um, I, I just think that like like a more youthful cigar, when I've talked in the past about something that I, I feel like it demonstrates the ability to age, like it's going to blossom later on. This reminds me of that, not because I think it's going to blossom into great complexity as it ages, but it, it, because you're left wanting. Uh, there's more that this cigar has to offer, and it's more just of the same thing, but in a more approachable, more obtainable amount, if that makes sense. I am absolutely going to put five or six of these things down 
for years. I've got enough space in my humidor to lose these. Uh, and I think that I will be rewarded rather mightily. So I gave you more than two, right? Yeah. Yep. You sent three of, or four of these. Good. I, uh, I would be interested to hear what your thoughts are, uh, even with a little more time, if you yeah, wouldn't mind I, losing some too. I will. I have two others left. I will stick those in the bottom corner of the humidor and forget about them. Cool. Well, for, you know, probably until February when you start running out of cigars again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of faith in my ability not to run out of cigars. Oh, I have a lot of faith in your ability to do exactly what you always do. <laughs> Uh, uh, now I've been smoking the pipe so much lately. It's not really impacting cigars. Of course, when there's not very many in there, it's not much of an impact to be made, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I am going back with a healthy supply. Thanks to the generous listeners of the show and yourself and Carl, who I bought some from uh, in the big sale. So I have two large travel humidors stuffed to the gills with cigars. That is quite a feat for you. Yeah, they should last me at least into the middle part of August. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's not even taking into account how many pounds of pipe tobacco you're bringing back. Uh, yeah, about three three pounds. When you're when you're packing them 50 grams at a time, 100 grams, 50 grams? Both. Some are 50, some are 100. Some are two ounces, which is about 57. So that's uh, four. Oh, that's not that many. That's only. No. Well, the limit is 500 grams. Limit is 500 grams per adult in your party to come into the DR. And I'm over that a little bit. And when you include the cigars, I'm more than double that. Um, because the cigars are counted 25 instead of by weight. So I'm well beyond it, but I've been well beyond it many times before without an issue. So I'm just hoping to continue that streak this time. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to be sure I, I, I'm, I can't publish this show until after I'm back in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Well, I, uh, I wish you the best of luck. I would imagine that uh, if anybody goes down there, maybe we can arrange a little bit of a train to get them some tobacco to bring to you. Exactly. I I have split my cellar amongst three friends' houses in Florida, and, and every time somebody comes down, I try to get some more. <laughs> uh, well, shall we close her down? Absolutely. The storm is mostly passed now, so... Yeah, figures. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, we do certainly appreciate you guys and gals uh, who are listening, uh, tuning into the show, whether you're here with us tonight in the chat room or somewhere down the road. If you come back next time around for episode 183, we'll be smoking something yet to be arranged, although we do have a request, and I haven't even told you this, Craig. I got a message from Don. Uh, I won't say his last name because if I remember right, he had a security sensitive job in the past but uh, he asked if we would do another pipe show soon he wants to wants to be a part of that tune in for that all right so i'll bust open the sextant yeah maybe we'll uh, work that in sometime in the near future but uh, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime you can always get us by email to craig at com or kip at com, and of course through 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our own little corner at the forum over at Half Ash. We'd love to have you over there as well. Absolutely. Well, as uh, as we often do, the number one thing that we want to make sure everybody knows is how much we appreciate you listening and uh, uh, being within 50 miles of Dale Roush. I really wish that I would have had an opportunity to get together with him to let him know how often I I steal his standard closing. But because it was unfortunately not in the cards, I think the only thing that I can do is honor him again by using it one more time. So as always, good night, everybody, and thanks for listening.